This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tell me something. The Adventures of Bradley and Don, my talk. 1071, your station for entertainment. And watch out for the orcas. That's right. You heard me. What's going on? You know, I, if you don't know and you just joined us and you've never heard this, I am afraid of creatures in the water, deep, dark water, ocean creatures that are large. That are not they they want to eat me, yeah. <laughs> and that would be. I think a that's a common uh, fear for yeah, sure. For sure, imagine being on a boat and um, you see a killer whale approaching. Um, that happened to a man, Wim Rutten, and he was in the North Sea up near the Shetland Islands of Scotland. Seventy-two years old, he was using a single line off the back of the boat to fish for mackerel when out of nowhere. This orca rammed into the stern of his seven-ton aluminum hull yacht. Oh, my God. Terrifying. It's terrifying. And then it didn't swim away. It kept ramming the boat. Okay. Yeah, Why? it swam behind the boat. It appeared to be searching for keel, uh, the, uh, for the keel or the main structural support. Now, that's where I'm like, okay, Smithsonian Seems a Magazine. Little... It's searching for the, the weak area where you can break. I don't know about that. But... It's terrifying. Uh, he said he could hear its very loud breathing, which also is terrifying. Oh, for sure. And then he added, maybe he just wanted to play or look me in the eyes or to get rid of the fishing line. So, uh, yeah, well, whatever the reason, it's still terrifying. Yeah, obviously the guy made it out okay. But scientists are intrigued by this because um, this behavior occurred really far away uh this so this is happening near scotland and recently if you remember there was this ocean race that people were talking about orcas going after the yachts yeah it's like a whole meme now on the internet everybody makes jokes about like orcas trying to take over the world yes so um now one of the possible explanations was that uh, this orca was just like a young male he simply got curious about the fishing line on the back of the boat but could it be that there is some type of a learning that's being transmitted through pods of orcas and that they're teaching each other to get rid of the people? <laughs> Just to get rid of the people? Yeah. The thing, I mean, sure, I guess. The thing I've heard about, like, the Spain and Portugal stuff is that it wasn't, and again, I, I'm not an animal marine biologist or whatever. You're not. Uh, but you do your boat club. <laughs> but I, but I, uh, from what I've read, the little that I've read, it sounded like these 
interactions were not deemed hostile, that it was like they were learning, but it wasn't clear what it is that they were trying to teach each other, that like they were playing, like you, you referenced playing or what what have you, that it wasn't like they were trying to eat the, you know, things that were inside the boat, right? Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I guess we're not going to find out until, you know, <laughs> until they tell us. Yeah. But it certainly would, regardless of what the impulse is, it can be terrifying <sighs> and dangerous for people in boats. Like they don't care whether or not the people or the orcas are trying to play is my point. Right. It's just like, oh, God, here they come. That's what I would say if I were on the boat. Uh, But it's just it's a scary thing. And it's just it makes you wonder, like, how do you know, as we know, dolphins communicate. All animals have communication with each other. And it's just so mysterious and especially killer whales. It's very terrifying to me. Now on to other scary marine life. Zombie sea lions. What? All right, so sea zombie lions. Zombie sea lions. Okay, I call them zombies. They're not dead, but they are <laughs> they're scary undead. like zombies because they're biting people. This happened off the coast of uh, California, okay. Dana Point. A lot of surfers there. And they have to put up signs now because recently they have been biting surfers. Oh, no. Why and is that? Well, it's they say it's because of the algae bloom that's been happening. And this particular bloom of algae is dangerous to brains. And so they believe that the brains of the sea lions. Oh, like it's a neurotoxin it or something? It is, yes. And so it's it's attacking their hippocampus. And they're like, could be just like, honestly, like just mindlessly just swimming back and forth and confused, which is actually kind of sad. You well, know? yeah, I mean, confused. they're being poisoned, essentially. Yeah, poisoned by the algae. Um, but, yeah, they're just warning surfers like, hey, you know, beware if you're surfing out there, you could get bit by a sea lion. Yeah, that, well, that would be terrifying anyway. Just to be swimming in a, a place or being in a place that there are sea lions would in and of itself be terrifying, much less that they're now, like, hopped up on some neurotoxin. <laughs> right. Uh, but then again, it's like they're also warning human beings to not go near the sea lions. And I'm like, okay, I can understand if you get bit because you're surfing. But who are people going up and trying to, like, do selfies with sea lions? Uh, have you met humanity? <laughs> I think that's the case. I mean, how many videos do you see on the Internet? In fact, like, I feel like my Twitter feed now is just all like awkward animal photos or videos. Um, I mean, how many videos have we seen of people thinking like, oh, this is a great idea. Let me go take a picture next to the buffalo. True. Oh, the buffalo will kill you. Yes. People just go, oh, look, it's a moose on the side of the road. Let me get out. It'll eat you. Put my hand out. Like it's going to come and lick your hand. Nope. No. Stop it. No, you should have a very, very uh, good respect for wildlife. Yes, you should. And it's just, you know, overall, like you've got a lot of sick uh, marine animals needing rescued because of this toxic. That's really sad. It is. And I don't want to make it sad, but I just want to warn people, if you're going on vacation and you happen to encounter over the 4th of July weekend, an orca, a sea lion or any other Animal that you Stay away from encounter. sea creatures. If you could see it at uh, SeaWorld, run away. Yeah, run away. And also national parks, you know, don't get out of your car and just don't. Don't approach wild animals because they might be approaching you and you don't even know. So yeah. let's not give them any ideas. Well, you don't know if their mother is nearby. Oh, God. 
Yes, if they're baby animals, definitely run, run. Well, maybe not run. I don't know what to do, but just don't touch them. Do not do it. And that is my, my. I don't know. Is that like a PSA for the day? Can we count? I appreciate that. Yeah, put that, put that in the list. Yeah, on our list of good things that we've done. Exactly, because uh, now you've (laughs) saved lives, Dawn. Thank you. All right, when we come back, ooh, you remember Tom Hanks' niece that you introduced us to yesterday, Dawn? Oh, God, yes, she had a meltdown on a show. She had a meltdown, and we'll revisit the meltdown as well as her follow-up on TMZ when we come back right here on My Talk or App. Hey guys, Bradley here with great news from my friends at Little Blind Spot and Hunter Douglas. Not only do select Hunter Douglas Duet Honeycomb Shades qualify for a U.S. federal tax credit of up to $1,200, but you can save even more money with rebates on Duet Honeycomb Shades with PowerView Automation now through July 31st. Get a $150 rebate when you buy four Hunter Douglas Duet Honeycomb Shades with PowerView Automation and receive a $38 rebate for each additional additional unit with PowerView. Exclusions and restrictions apply. Now is the time to take advantage of some major credits and rebates. Hunter Douglas Duet Honeycomb Shades are amazing and available in many fabrics, including light filtering, room darkening, and blackout shading options. Visit the Little Blind Spot showroom in downtown Hopkins today and let their experts help you through every step of the process. Or check them out online at littleblindspot.com. And don't forget to tell them Bradley sent you. The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn, my talk, 107.1. This is your station for entertainment. Yesterday, we learned about a show that we didn't even know existed. And it's for relatives of celebrities who are competing with each other to try to find out who they're related to that's famous. Is that the best way to, you know, describe this show? Yeah, absolutely. And claim to fame. Exactly. And the main reason uh, we ended up being fascinated by it is because one of the people is someone related to Tom Hanks and she had a meltdown Mm. and that meltdown was hilarious. We'll play that in just a second. But the reason we're talking about it today is because, um, well, she followed up with TMZ and it was awkward the first time. I'm just telling you her interview on TMZ was just as awkward, Dawn. So you introduced us yesterday to Carly Reeves. that's Tom and Rita Wilson's niece, not uh, biologically related to Tom Hanks, but through marriage uh, related to mm-hmm. uh, Tom Hanks. And as such, she was on this show, Mike. You missed this yesterday. She had a meltdown mm-hmm. because she didn't make it very far on this process. reality competition. What's that? Yeah, in the process. She just didn't make it far. Yeah. So let's have a listen to her meltdown. I don't I should have more camera time. I should be here longer. No one expected that. No one. Colors are so freaking obvious. Freaking bench. That's the freaking poster of the freaking Forrest Gump. Are you kidding me? She's screaming. She's screaming. She's screaming. She's screaming. Why a bench? Why a bench? There's literally no reference to benches on any other movie. Bench. Even bench. Gabriel found that out. He's not even like smart. For real? That's cold. Yeah. Calling people out, taking them down. She didn't get to do any challenges. Oh. Well, so Gabriel clear- figured it out. What's sounds- that? Even Gabriel figured it out, and he's like, and not he's smart. dumb. 
God, that was so awkward. I just want to know who Gabriel is related to. I don't know. Well, we'll have to watch the show, but I, I know, will. I don't want to. But what I will say is, <laughs> she did a follow-up interview on national television mm-hmm. with TMZ Live Wednesday, and they were like, "Well, okay, you know," they asked her about a bunch of stuff, and she talked about her meltdown. But then, then they were like, "But how did Tom and Rita respond to this?" Because it just felt like you just felt like Mike that. Maybe they were a little embarrassed by the fact that she's doing this reality show in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. Let's have a listen to this <laughs> part. And Dawn, tell me what you think. I'm already cringing. About Carly Reeves on TMZ Live. Uh, Rita said, what, what, did, what was their reaction to it? I'm curious. Yeah, no, they, they're, t- well, to go, to, by being on the show, they were, they were happy for me. You sure. know, they wanted me to, they know I love reality TV. So they thought, you know, have fun, get best of luck. You so, know? They, so they co-signed it basically. What was their reaction when they saw what you did? Yeah. So then I texted him and I said, you know, so did you watch the episode? And then he <laughs> said, I got the flavor. And he basically oh. said that, um, you know, it's all good. He said, I hope, you know, I hope this is like, you know, I hope you get what you wanted out of this, I guess, oh. you know, but he was, he's totally fine with it. Like he's, he's is not he? worried that it's going to obviously diminish his, you know, lo- lovability. Really? His what? His lovability, I think. Love. Well, it's diminishing yours. Yeah, and also just the way she couldn't have a direct answer makes you think, oh, yeah, she's actually saying it and thinking it as she's saying it. Like, (laughs) oh, this is really awkward. And he actually did think it was awkward because he said, well, I hope you got what you wanted out of it. Not like, great job, you know, all in a day's work. You know, good job making the family name (laughs) shine. Mm. Nope. He was like, why am I a part of your story, oh, honey? And you know, it's not like... <laughs> Did she, I not give you enough for Christmas last year? Could I just have written you a check? Yeah. You know, like you said yesterday, Bradley. Well, obviously, she signed up for the show and didn't ask them first, which I think would be nice. Well, especially if you're trading on his name. If you're like, I... Exactly. Like, the whole purpose of the show is that like if you're he, related to Tom Hanks. I would first, if I were her, I would have said, hey, I have this opportunity to do this ABC show, and do you think it would be okay for me to do that? There's no way. If I had a famous relative, there is no way I wouldn't let them know and give them a heads up in advance, or I would ask them. If it's okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I I, I just, I also just, just as she's talking, it's so clear to me that this is exactly as awkward as we thought it was yesterday. That like, in no situation, I mean, she's been trying to make a career out of acting for many years. Mm -hmm. And despite having a very famous uncle, perhaps one would argue the most famous uncle. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts.
I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Uh-huh. In the business, she hasn't maybe achieved the goals that she wanted. Yeah. So then I would just say, like, do do we think that a reality show is going to be your best but move? But I will admit, okay, so here we are talking about her, right? It's not the best story. I was going to say we now it's... know that she exists. Sure. We didn't two so, days ago. So maybe she did this on purpose. Like, is this all planned? I wouldn't doubt it. Like, if she purposely had a meltdown to get her name in you know, the tabloids versus like winning the, the show or something. Right. Because even if she did win the show, nobody, uh, it would just be a little blurb of a story, but everyone's talking about this. So maybe she's the smart one. I mean, you know, Hey, look, I'm, I'm here for, for conspiracy theories. This is what bothers me is that I don't want to watch this, but now I feel like I want to watch this just to see who the other people <laughs> yes, are related to. Yes. Do you know who won season one? No, because this is exactly in his yeah exactly yeah Yeah, and i i don't think that if you're trying to make it big in hollywood you want to make people cringe when they see you so i just feel like this is not a winning strategy hi kim kardashian i mean the first we knew of kim kardashian is she was hanging out with paris hilton and then she had a sex date here's one big difference between kim kardashian (laughs) and this woman okay Chris Jenner. Oh, sure. She doesn't have a momager. Yeah. Oh, my God. She has an uncle that's like, hope you got what you wanted. By the way, the winner of the first season was L'Oreal Chanel Palmer, Kiki Palmer's sister. Oh. Okay. And when I was watching the clip that you guys are talking about, I instantly knew one of the people on there. Who oh, was you it? did? Yes. And she actually hosted a show on Nickelodeon. And it's she's not like, I have no idea how they didn't know who she was right away. Oh. Um, she's, and sorry if anyone is having claim to fame spoiled. Spoiler alert. But Carson, who we hear from and see on the show, is Dale Earnhardt's granddaughter. Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s niece. Well, okay, so here's the thing, Mike. I, yeah, how does I the show work? I have no idea. I haven't watched the show, yeah. but I think the way you explained it to us yesterday, Don, is that the audience knows who these people oh, got are. It. Okay, maybe oh. I think so. I think yeah, that's how I read about it in Us Weekly or whatever. Because it's like I think in that way that Big Brother, we can see what's going on. Got mm-hmm. it. Okay. They can't. They sure. so they don't know. But to your point, like. How do they not know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they might. I mean, there's so many celebrities out there and, you know, maybe yeah. they're just in their little. world. Well, and also when it's time, it's time and place. Like if somebody's just dropped in front of you, you're not going to instantly go like, didn't I? Who are you again? Mm-hmm. Sure. True. And also they want to, you know, if they do know, they're going to hold on to that info sure and are. use it when it uh, presents itself, because that's, that's the whole. Right part of the game right yeah all right from tom hanks to a very special interview that we are doing on the other side of this dawn you want to tell us who we're talking to we're talking to christian from 90 day fiance before the 90 days coming up next fabulous right here on my talk 1071 Hey, my talkers, Bradley here for my good friends at alight we are alight.org you know alight is a locally based 
uh, Twin Cities-based organization that spreads out across the globe 365 days a year. Alight has uh, done work all over the world in places like Africa, throughout Asia, and of course at our very own southern border. But they're also doing work in our own backyard. You've heard about welcoming families to the United States from different parts of the world like Afghanistan and Ukraine following conflict there. Alight has been instrumental in welcoming those families and helping them thrive. In fact, I'm super excited to tell you more about uh, those stories in the coming days, weeks, and months. But in the meantime, I'd love for you to get to know a light better all you have to do is head to their website we are and you can learn about some of the many programs that they have currently running around the world to help those displaced head to we are and thank you the adventures of bradley and dawn my talk 1071 everything entertainment welcome to the show if you missed any of the show you can always go back and listen to it on our podcast my talk 1071.com bradley yes ma'am I'm so excited. You know I'm so excited. Yes, you love the next show we're going to talk about. Yes, I love anything 90 Day Fiance. And we are about to talk to Christian, who is on the current season of 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days. You can check that out Sunday nights on TLC, Discovery Plus, or Max, however you want to watch it. So let's welcome Christian to the show. Hi, Christian. Hi, Don. Hi, Bradley. How are you doing? Oh, we're doing wonderful! Good. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, so absolutely, absolutely. Christian, you are a self-proclaimed life of the party, and you've dated people, but you never seem to find the right one. You happen to meet Cleo; she's from England, and we just want to know: Can you just tell the the listeners out there tell us about your dating journey yourself and how you met Cleo? Sure. Um, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've. Boy, I've been on the uh, on the round dating for the last couple of years here. Um, you know, had a had a girlfriend I ended up eloping with in Vegas. That was kind of a, you know one of my crazier adventures. Oh, a uh, lot of fun. It just didn't work out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, on and off relationships, couple months, maybe a year here, two years there. Um, but yeah, what. Uh, what kind of led me to Cleo was, you know, I was kind of coming out of this marriage. Um, I had, I had annulled it after a couple months. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of a you know, long story within itself, but, um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I met, I met Cleo on TikTok. Oh. Uh, you know, she popped up on my for you page. Um, you know, she had some pretty funny content and, uh, I really enjoyed it. So I, I, uh, edited her, uh, followed her, you know, commented, uh, sent her a message when she followed me back. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of, uh, kind of took off from there. We started off pretty slow, just chatting here and there. And then, uh, over the summer, uh, we actually started talking more and more. And, uh, eventually I said, Hey, you know what? I think you're pretty great. Uh, if I ever make it over the pond to, uh, to London, I'd love to, love to meet you. And yeah, I kind of snowballed after that. We started talking just more and more every day. Um, and yeah, pretty soon, uh, we had made plans to meet. So Christian, did you think, you know, after you'd had the experience of getting married and then having that, uh, marriage, as you said, annulled shortly thereafter that like the next relationship, do you feel like you were extra on guard? Like I have to be careful because I don't want to maybe jump too quickly. However, then you find yourself maybe 
uh, heading across the pond? Like, what <laughs> were you hesitant at all to like to move too quickly? I would say no. I mean, I, I whenever when they see they call me at my last job. I was working in a uh, in a bar bartending. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they called me starry-eyed Christian. They're like, oh, he's at it again. Um, I, I tend to fall in love pretty quickly, um, and I tend to fall in love pretty deeply. Um, you know, because my marriage didn't work out, I don't think that's, you know, any folly on my part. It just, uh, you know, it just didn't work out. And I mean, yeah, it did, it did make me, you know, think twice a little bit, like, hey, maybe I should slow down a little bit. But, uh no, I mean, I, I I just fall so quickly and so fast. Sometimes yeah. uh, it's it's hard to stop and think. But no, I um, you know, once I once I met Cleo, I thought, you know, I thought, hey, this is uh, this might be the one. That is, I'm kind of that type of person too. So um, we starry eyed people. You start to imagine what somebody is like in in person, and I feel like I kind of fill in the blanks a little bit, and and I just sort of get. Starry-eyed, like you said, was meeting Cleo. Did it meet your expectations? Uh, did you, when you met her in person, did it fill in all the blanks, oh. or what was different? Oh well, you you you, you might have to stay tuned to find out exactly yes. um, how our how our first meeting went. I mean, it was pretty interesting. I'll, I'll say that um, definitely. I mean, you know, we all kind of uh, build these images in in our heads and. Mm-hmm people on pedestals especially you know even before we've met them for the first time if it's somebody we've been talking to online uh, i don't have a lot of experience with you know meeting people online this is this is my first ah. uh, relationship i've had with somebody who you know I've, I've met and talked with online or met through uh, social media um but yeah definitely definitely before you know like uh, when i was working in the bar uh, there'd be times where you know, uh, I'd have a you know quick conversation with a with a gal, and I'd say I would say, "Wow, I'm I'm, I'm all in. I'm head over heels. If, <laughs> if anyone's serving her another drink, it's going to be me." Just so everybody knows. Back um, off, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, you know, we tend to put people on pedestals and and yeah. have these images and start thinking about uh, you know the the grandbabies already. But you know, oh, after gosh. that first conversation, at least I do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's uh, it's uh, that's how it goes. Okay, so Christian, what was the most, or what was the quality that just said to you, okay, this relationship is going to go somewhere? Like, what what was the spark for you? Because that, you know, it is is different, right, to have that spark through, um, like, a long-distance connection. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, the thing that got me about Cleo was just how genuine she seemed um, through uh, social media. And then upon, you know, talking to her, um, you know, with the, with the direct messages, um, she just seems so sweet and so genuine. And that's, that's something that, you know, I was kind of missing the last couple of relationships I had. Uh, I was kind of going for the mean girls, um, oh. you know, these, these, these tough gals. And, uh, yeah, switching gears, going, going uh, talking with Cleo, I just, you know, she was just extremely sweet. Yeah. Now, were you nervous uh, telling your friends and family that you were dating somebody that you'd never met in person. That has to be kind of, I've done it before. And I'm like, okay, hey, mom, I'm dating this guy from England. And she's like, oh, God. So what was that like for you? You know, <laughs> see, you know, my life has honestly been kind of uh, kind of a roller coaster of, uh, you know, wacky adventures. <laughs> sure. You know, they know me as kind of an eccentric uh, party animal guy. 
it really didn't surprise them to be honest with you. They were like, Oh yeah, great. Hope it, hope it goes well. You know, probably thinking about my previous relationships when they heard that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they were supportive. They just, they, the, the reaction that I got was mostly, Oh, here he goes again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Now people have gotten the chance, uh, because what we're four episodes into the season, right? Yes. yes. This is his first appearance. Yeah. So you you appear on the fourth episode. So people have gotten yep. the chance to see this story. And I know you're not going to tell us like where this is headed, but you can tell us certainly like, have you gotten a lot of reactions from people who had no idea this was a part of your life? Like what was that sudden sort of television exposure like for you? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I had people that I had, you know, met years ago, reach out to me through social media and say, Hey, this is you on TV. And they'd send me a screenshot. You're like, I you know, know. In, in, the go- <laughs> in the goofy newsman costume and stuff. So yeah, it's been, uh, you know, I've had strangers reach out as well, but, um, yeah, yeah. It's been, it, people have been pretty supportive. Uh, you know, they seem excited about the show, uh, which gets me really excited as well. Well, I just want to say props to your dance moves. Uh, you had me laughing right away. I'm like, oh, I love this guy. You're just the life of the party and just trying to make people smile and laugh. And that's, you know, that's what drew you to clear Cleo. Now, are you surprised at how you're portrayed on the show? Because every time I watch this, I think about, all right, this is entertainment for me. But what does this person think about the way it's turned out and how they're they're portrayed? Oh, you know, that's the thing is, uh, you know, they're only, they only can show, you know, so much, um, what, what they've portrayed so far is pretty, pretty spot on. Yeah. It's, you. um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm just, uh, you know, there's, there's some parts, uh, you know, that I'm hoping I'm crossing my fingers that make it onto the show. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's, you know, other parts where I'm like, Ooh, I really hope they don't include that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you're going to have to stay tuned to see all the, all the bits that they, uh, that they show. All right, so um, tell us again how we can watch uh, before the 90 days so that we can follow your journey. So there are a couple ways that I know of. Um, you know, people have been asking me, oh, how can I watch? So I've kind of looked it up. Uh, Hulu, uh, apparently it's on HBO as well, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always wanted to, wanted to make it out of HBO, but I didn't <laughs> know it would be on reality TV. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, and then TLC. Uh, TLC is the network that's uh, broadcasting. Well, we're really pulling for you, and we just—I just appreciate how honest that you are on the show, uh, because some people don't necessarily do that, and you're like, okay, they're really worried about the, Im- you know, their image and how they're, how they come off. So you're really just yourself, and um, we're just really rooting for you. So we can't really wait to that. see what happens next uh, in your story, Christian. Thank you so much for being on the show, and maybe we'll get to talk to you again down the road yeah that'd be great yeah thank you don thank you bradley absolutely thank you christian and again christian is on from before the 90 days and uh i don't know if we mentioned this he's from blaine so he's from minnesota so he's he's, from yeah he's our uh he's a hometown guy uh you can watch his first appearance which is episode four of the season and don i'm sure we'll put a link in the show links page yes we will when we come back don has some thoughts and feelings about tcm apparently it's changing and that's all thanks to david zaslov we'll tell you all the details and discuss what's going on when we return right here on the adventures of bradley and don on my talk far ee it's the show where bradley's name the adventures of bradley and don my talk 1071 all things entertainment here 
Um, let's see. We are talking about TCM, Turner Classic Movies. What's going on? Well, I listened to a, I will give credit uh, to an NPR Fresh Air piece about how David Zaslov over at TCM now is making changes to something. Now, this is an opinion piece to something that wasn't broken. (laughs) It's perfect the way it is. Don't change it. <laughs> and David Zaslav, CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery, and yes. they've been trying to cut costs left, right, and center. Yes, they have. Um, so this piece was by David Bianculli, mm-hmm. I believe that's how you say his name. I will put a show link uh, on our show links page, a link there, so you can listen to it as well. So the whole controversy is that uh, David Zaslav has come in and they are making cuts, like you said. So the entire like UK office of uh, TCM, bye. Yeah, they let go a bunch of people. I saw a bunch of people on uh, social media like saying, all right, well, this is my last day. Is, yeah, and for what reason? You know, we won't know the ins and outs of that. But then also stateside. We have a lot of cuts as well on TCM. And it's really like the people that are responsible for the content. You know, you have um, people that are curators who who find these things and who decide the programming, essentially, what's going to appear on TCM. And it's just so refreshing. I love turning on... Um, when I had cable, at least I love and and now I watch it like through Discovery Plus. But like, it's just so nice to see what programming they have and watching old classic movies that you've never seen before. Yeah. Like deep cuts, I would call them if like referring to music. Well, I'm afraid that's going to go away because they have sort of gotten rid of the people that do that. And David Zaslav, he's asked his friends, Steven Spielberg. Scorsese and Paul Thomas Anderson to have input on this kind of a thing. So like, how so? What do you mean? Well, and you think, well, what's the problem with that? These guys are, you know, obviously in their own right, just great filmmakers. And why would it be bad? It's bad because, for instance, Steven Spielberg had a movie come out last year. If you remember the Fablemans, it Mm -hmm. was, he won an Oscar for it. You know, he was like touched and, I remember him crying, and I was like, oh, that's great. I saw the movie. I was like, oh, that's fine. But in the process of that being promoted last year, he was on TCM, and he said wanted to talk about, like, okay, this is your platform to talk about what movies have inspired you in your filmmaking. That would be fine and dandy if they weren't mentioning, oh, by the way, check out my new film in theaters, The Fablemans, because yeah. all these three movies coming up, I was inspired by them to make this movie. But that benefits Steven Spielberg. Yeah. You know, and it's not really, how does it benefit the the viewer, you know? Yeah, it's like an ad. Mm-hmm. It's like a big ad. So that is the whole discussion here. Um, and, you know, there's a whole bunch of schedules that they put out. If you've never really watched it, you know, they have such great programming where, like, you have silent movies and then you have interviews with costumers or documentaries about how films were made. Well, I will say if you know if you love film, you mm-hmm. love Turner Classic movies, and it, it sounds like to me that the issue is somebody a doesn't value the content that they're generating, or people aren't watching the content they're generating. To which I would say, create better content. Mm. Best way to do that not to fire people who are creating content, right? So, <laughs> yes. I mean, 
again, I I haven't read too deeply about this particular topic, but I have seen that there has been a lot of a lot of hand wringing about the uh, the problems going on over at TCM, and as you know, a casual lover of of old films as well, mm-hmm. not because like it's some sort of fetish, but because old film is really. I mean, it's just film, right? So, like, if you love storytelling, you're going to love, uh, and I love history, and so it gives you perspective on, um, you know, you'll watch an old film and go, oh, so it turns out, like, all the things I thought that were new and different in the world mm-hmm. actually have been around for a long yeah. time, right? Yes. So there's so much value there. It just doesn't make sense to me why you couldn't find a way to, again, I'm not a CEO at Disco- Warner Discovery, but yes. um, I feel like this is, a, it, it's not an issue of people of of there not being an audience it's either you haven't given the audience a reason to show right. up or um you know the audience you're just not valuing them exactly and you know this the author of this piece did point out like listen david zaslov has tcm on all the time in his office as well as you know a lot of people just have it on in the background at their homes um but he also mentions, like, this is the same guy who turned HBO Max into just Max, which makes no sense devaluing his own HBO brand mm. by just calling it. And then going into the whole streaming service thing, like a lot of people have cut the cord. They're not doing cable anymore. But it used to be easier to find TCM on Discovery+. Plus. Mm. But if you go to Max, apparently it's not as easy and it's sort of like down at the bottom. you got to look for it. And there are less, there's less content on there that are old. There are classic movies in the 70s, yes. But the specifically the black and white films, there seems to be more movies that are color movies mm. and, and things like that. So, I don't know. I You know who I would love to talk to about this is Drew Barrymore. Because she... Why do you say that? Because she has been, she said that she, you know, she has this famous history with the Barrymore family and a lot of her, you know, grand, great, great grandfather, grandfather, great aunt, they're all over the place on TCM. And she keeps it on in her house all the time because she sweetly said, it's like I have my family with me all the time that I never got to meet. Yeah. And she has, you know, a relationship with their mother that isn't great. And, uh, you know, so seeing, you know, her dad's side of the family just on, she can walk into a room and be like, oh, there's my, there's Lionel Barrymore, you know. <laughs> so I would like to hear what she has to say. So I'll make sure and uh, plan an interview with uh, Drew Barrymore. I'll get her on tomorrow. Your favorite, by the way, and I'm sure you'll tell her how much you love her daytime show. <laughs> it's gotten Spoiler better. alert, not Dawn's favorite. Well, it's gotten better, I've heard. Oh, At okay. first, it was a little clunky, but okay. we just needed to give her a chance to, you know, well, get her I, feet wet a little bit. I, uh... Did they have recommendations for what they should be doing or what David Zaslav, you know, should be trying to do instead of just firing everybody and mm. bringing on his big famous friends? Uh, you mean uh, the the piece itself? Like, this is what you should be doing? Yeah. Uh, I don't I didn't see that in this article, but, you know, just like don't break it. It's not broken. D- don't don't try to fix something that isn't broken. Yeah. Essentially, that's that's what it is. I mean, I'm not surprised because if you you know, when you say classic movies, that's a very niche audience now, sadly. Mm-hmm. Oh, right? Right, right. And I would argue that it's because we don't have like a you know, we're not necessarily. Oh, what's the word like uh, we don't appreciate, I think, 
classic film, right? Like it's not necessarily something that's um, it, it's just like any other sort of like curated niche thing, mm-hmm. right, like right. the opera or mm-hmm. Broadway. Um, you know, the general public's not flocking to old movies, which is sad, especially for those of us who like those things. But it's it's also to understand that we live in a world where you can make niche things very profitable. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, for instance, discussed, and this is also, they do um, film festivals, which I've always wanted to go to the TCM uh, they do a cruise. Film. They do cruises. Yeah. They do destination experiences like that. It's just like little, well, experiences for people who are super into it. Uh, and I wonder how that'll be affected as well. It's like, a very successful brand. It really is. So hopefully it won't get, you know, just watered down into something that is seems like everything else. But Yeah, that said, I can't tell you the last time I actually turned on Turner Classic Movies. Ah, you know, I turn it on mostly during Christmas time to see old christmas movies yes because there's i don't like um i'm not really into modern rom-coms no when it not when it comes to christmas stuff no not at all but i for some reason love like romantic christmas movies oh sure i'm not a fan of like hallmark channel movies or anything but if it's old-timey love i'm into it (laughs) old-timey love (laughs) well the thing i love and the thing that i think is so important because and the value of something like Turner Classic Movies is that there's an incredible amount of history and knowledge, and that's worth keeping and and yes. saving and appreciating. But they also are instrumental in making sure we have access that the public, because again, what we're talking about is, you know, people don't have access. Increasingly, mm-hmm. culture is behind a paywall. And so to allow the public who wouldn't maybe have the resources to appreciate like a film from the 1950s in a like in a very good quality like a very good print yes. of the film you oh, know yeah, that's that is transmitted thing. on television that's a resource and that's something that should be valued because again i think there's value in not just allowing a bunch of dusty old people like us who you know go searching for that material right. access and we depend on turner classic movies to work with those restoration processes to yeah, maintain exactly like there's a lot of money and work that goes into um making sure that those films don't disappear and there have been you know movies that have been discovered in warehouses where you're like oh my gosh here's this old silent film and turner classic movies it allows people to see those things and and you know, when you otherwise wouldn't be able to. So, yeah. yeah, we just hope that doesn't go away in all this mess. Oh, this gosh. Is- yeah. I mean, we just people just need to keep fighting the fight because the the more of this that's available, I think the better off everybody is, you know, culturally. And if you love film, mm-hmm. this is a resource that everybody should support. Yes. And if you want to know my favorite old holiday movie, it's called Holiday Affair. It has Robert Mitchum in it and Vivian Lee. Oh, all right. Holiday Affair. Yeah. When we come back, we're talking about a Hollywood affair. And by that, I mean a Hollywood smackdown drag out divorce battle. Christine versus Kevin. We'll tell you the latest on that story and a lot more in the third hour of the Adventures of Bradley and Dawn right here on My Talk 1071.